0: Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 29.
1: Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor,
0: Holly McCann. Well, hello there and welcome to another exciting episode of secrets to real estate investing by house flip masters today we have a really special guest on here that i tremendously admire he's had a huge amount of success and the thing that's so interesting to me about this gentleman is that he has faced i would say pretty extreme hardship and adversity I know from his personal story, and I'm really excited for him to share that with you. We have none other than the wonderful Jay Massey with us today, so welcome Jay.
1: Hey! Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, for um, people that haven't heard your incredible personal story, would you please share with our listeners where you were, what you went through, and how you got <laughs> to where you are today?
1: Thirty you know, seconds or less, right? 30 no, seconds no, no, or less. no. You can. All right. <laughs> <is a> <laughs> Um, so uh, hi, hello out there. And for those of you, you know, watching, listening, etc. what it comes down to, no matter what I'm about to say, here's the thing I want you to walk away with. I want you to remember that at the end of the day, your story is not over. It's just beginning in many various different forms. And this is just what happened to finally wake me up to actually go out there and do something. So a few short years ago, um, I was a financial planner. My wife was a recruiter by trade and we were experiencing what I thought was a lot of good things, we had bought our first house. Uh, we had recently got married. Uh, lots of things were going in the correct direction. Um, as things would have it, it turns out that my wife is uh, when she's one of those women where when she gets pregnant, she has a condition known as hyperemesis. And most of you probably have never heard of that, and that's okay. It just simply means she can't eat or drink uh, while pregnant. <laughs> period now I've never been pregnant and I don't want to be but eating and drinking is kind of important and she almost died like three times lost 18 pounds during the first trimester and it was let's just call it stressful so to blow off steam one day I went to go play volleyball I jumped landed on a guy's head punctured my lung and I was born with the condition known as asthma and together with the new punctured lung I could not walk and talk simultaneously without fainting because of the drugs they were trying to help it just did not work All of that leads to a situation in which we're squatting in bank on property. That's how we start. We have a credit score of 398. And a friend says, Hey, you should become a real estate investor. Cause clearly that makes sense. <laughs> and, um, well I said, okay, well, you got to show me cause I have no money. I literally have no money. And I know some of you, when you say you have no money, you're like, Hey, I'm down to my last five grand, 10 grand, hundred grand. I, I get that. And and that can feel like no money. But what I am trying to tell you is I couldn't put $75 together if you had asked me. And, at the end of the day, I was like, look, if you can show me how to do this with literally no money, no credit, then I'm probably someone that can you you can work with. And that's exactly what happened. I was I got involved in learning how to do wholesaling and a bunch of creative acquisition techniques to the point to where what a, to the point to where where it simply I'm just able to buy and sell properties using none of my own money or credit, and that's kind of similar to still what we do today. That's where we started, and has since grown into cell phone towers, commercial real estate, uh, apartment buildings. We've raised tens of millions of dollars, and we, we get to have a lot of fun doing so.
0: Awesome! Yeah, you've come a long way, and I would love if you would share. For our listeners your first deal deal—just really like what a potential first deal could look like and sure like how you felt about it kind of what your fears were and did it work out was it profitable just Got give it. Us a little bit of that
1: well let me I, I think this is true across the board that nobody's first deal is a deal that they would ever do the same way again uh, So this is very very true here uh, but at the moment just understand you need a first deal you can't get to the the 30th deal without a first one, so you've got to have something. So, something is better than nothing, no matter what you can kind of get in there with. For us, it was what happened, it was pretty interesting. Uh, I was at a networking event, and there's a phrase that I teach everybody to use it's Have you ever considered getting involved in, in real estate investing? Very, very simple phrase, um, and that. As I was going around asking people, I wasn't finding anyone. And then I found one lady and I was like, okay, hi, my name is Jay. I'm a wholesaler. What that simply means is that I buy property at a discount and I sell property at a discount. What type of investing are you looking to do? Her response was, I am not looking to buy anything else and I am ready to sell. I'm like, cool. So she was totally exasperated and tired with this property. Long story short, uh, there was a property in Southern California, believe it or not, that had a mortgage payment of about $600 a month. And she was behind on payments. And I just simply said, okay, so if I made up those payments and then started making the monthly payment for you, would that help? And she's like, yes, but I would need about, you know, long story short, she needed about $2,000 on top of that. So I was like, okay, cool. So if I make up the back payments and make the payments for you and then give you $2,000, do we have a deal? She's like, sure. And I'm like, cool. My only problem was I had no paperwork, I had no money, and I knew how to do none of that stuff. And basically through the help of some friends, they showed me where to put my name, uh, and then I had to go find somebody. Fortunately, there was a person who had a credit card. And I'm like, look, I need 12 grand to close this thing, and, and if you can give me the 12 grand, then I can buy this property. And he and I worked out a deal. And then came the whole rehab process, of which I am not good at, at all. Um, and I'm like, I need somebody who knows where Home Depot is and how to fix this thing. And that just started the process is like I needed to get in the door and I didn't focus on what I didn't have because I had nothing, there was no prior experience, there was no credit score to speak of, there was no cash, there was nothing, not even the documentation, I didn't even have a contract, I didn't even know what to do. It was at the point to where after she gave me the verbal yes, I went to my friends, I was like, she said yes, now what? They're like, do you have a contract? I'm like, no, why, why would I have that? I don't know. And then they gave me one. I'm like, cool. And then I handed it to her and it was blank. And she was like, it's blank. And I'm like, I know. Aren't you supposed to? I mean, I didn't get this process at all.
0: And I love it. So
1: yeah, that's just exactly how it went down. And I just kept going back and forth between my friends and her. And they just kept saying, you know, this is the next thing. I'm like, cool. Okay. And then eventually after we got it signed, I'm like, cool. She signed it. Does it, what does that mean? They're like, well, now you have to open escrow. And I'm like, great. What's that? You know. I I know how to open a book. I mean, I learned that in kindergarten. I know what a book is. I don't know what escrow is. I don't know this. It was a whole new world. And the entire time in the back of my mind, I'm like, something's going to happen to blow this up because they're going to check my credit. And then they're going to see, and then it's all going to be over. And then I remember June 18th, Oh eight. I got the deed. First thing I did is I ran uh, to my wife. She was still working at the time. And I'm like, we closed on a house. Now, mind you, we are squatting in bank owned property and we have a rental property. And in my hand is the, the closing paperwork, the HUD one, all this stuff. And I'm just like, this makes no sense because everything i had been told you know you need money to make money uh you you can't buy a house with bad credit you can't all of these things that i'm not supposed to be able to do you can't rehab a house you know nothing about hammers and nails you all of these things that i'm supposed to not be able to do i just did
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and i'm like hmm i wonder what else is possible
0: is amazing to me and i love how you're just so raw and real because so many times you don't know you have no idea what you no. don't know until you're in it and then when someone starts asking about escrow or a realtor might throw out if you're working on how much are you going to do for emd and you're like well what's that? what's that <laughs> what's that yeah yeah who can survive and you know huge success like jay massey what an inspiration you are yep, yep, yep. So, well finish the story of the deal was it overall a success oh, or it was a failure yeah,
1: yeah. Overall, overall it was a success i made a ton of mistakes for example uh during the process of due diligence uh they said get a get an inspection so i ordered the inspection but no one said read it so i didn't <laughs> 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 but I got the inspection. I did what I, I did exactly what I was told to do. They said, you I love the it." so I got it. Uh this is in paramount because I thought I was buying a three bedroom, two bath house. And I ended up buying a two bedroom, one bath house, oh. As, <laughs> a, which then obviously had changed the rental projection. It changed lots of things at that time, but it still worked out to, you know, a net positive around 200 a month at the end of the day. And, I was, I mean, there was just so many things. I mean, like in the process, I remember I was working with the property manager. Mind you, I had never worked with a property manager before. I just knew I needed one because somebody had to find a tenant and I knew it wasn't going to be me. And they said, you know, if you add air conditioning, now, first of all, Southern California house with no air conditioning, that just sounded weird to me. But it was like, if you add air conditioning, do you realize that you could probably increase the rent by a hundred dollars? And I'm like, cool, how much is it to add air conditioning? He said about $900. I'm like, okay, so I can do math. So if I spend $900 once, you're saying I can make $1,200 every year. He's like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. You know, it was simple things like that, that I kept asking myself, that I kept doing until one point there was a, a tenant in there, the checks were coming in. And it was the craziest thing because I had never visited the property. I would never seen the property. In fact, I didn't see that property until like four years after this went down.
0: Wow. because.
1: I never saw any value to me going to touch and look at the property because a wall is a wall to me. I don't, I wouldn't know what a defect defective wall looks like. I have no clue. And I ran the entire thing, uh, while still obviously helping and caring for my wife, all this stuff was happening in the background at the same time. It was, it was, Pretty crazy. And then, um, you know, I learned a lot of lessons uh, between, I mean, that's actually one of the first properties where uh, someone almost passed away and they moved him out and that's when we switched renters. That was interesting. Um, I learned uh, how to pay attention to mortgages that adjust because it turns out her mortgage did adjust later. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Now I do. Um, All of those things though, got me in the game and when i saw that i was able to do that when i was able on june 18th to get that that first one 3 weeks later i did 11 more
0: so 11 more oh my gosh
1: it was like dude let's go <laughs> you know you you showed me the way this is clearly the way that i'm going to eat so i'm going to open that door and run with it
0: awesome And one thing I love about you is you figure something out and then you go big, which (laughs) leads me into the topic that I was really excited to talk about today because you hit upon something this year that I've seen and heard you doing that you've decided to go big with and... (laughs) We right. haven't talked for like a month, so I can't wait to hear the latest update, but let's jump into this new passion of yours that some people call vacation rentals or short-term sure. rentals. Sure. And tell us, number one, what got you interested in it got and it. what you're doing and tell yeah, sure. us all about it.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Well, interestingly enough, I wasn't necessarily looking for it, um, but as an entrepreneur, I'm always open to the right opportunities certain things just speak and when they speak you move so it was actually one of my other students who had been doing it and she had been using our materials to learn how to raise capital and all this other stuff. And she wanted to say, you know, here's what I've been doing with the capital you helped me learn to raise and all this other stuff. And I was like, cool. Because she was at a, she felt like she was at a crossroads of trying to figure out what do I need to do next. And I'm asking her questions about her portfolio and what she's doing. And she's got some, you know, fingers into student housing and she's got some fingers into this short term rental thing. And I'm like, tell me more about that. And then she starts telling me about it. And then I just start asking her some financial questions and she's like yeah and and we have you know a very very nice healthy margin uh every uh every month on these properties and they're operating really really profitably we we have well over triple digit returns on an annual basis i'm just like huh <laughs> and i'm just listening and i'm just like what, what what is this why why haven't you said something she's like i've been telling you i'm like no you didn't say this this got my attention and then I just asked her to break it down. And when she started breaking it down, I'm like, okay, I got it. in fact, and she was like, okay, so well, now that you know, what do I need to do? And I'm like, you need to just keep doing this. There is nothing else on the planet that I can think of real estate related that you need to be doing other than this right here. Yeah. Don't, don't be making no eBooks. Don't be going back into student housing. Don't do any of that focus on this. And at the end of the day, to prove it to you so much i'm telling her to prove it to you so much i'm gonna do it and she looked at me i'm like no no you don't understand what you've got right here this is gold and you know so after that day i just set out to try to understand as much as i felt i needed to so that i could begin to make the inroads and in about a 60 day period we went from zero to seven of these units uh right now we are uh in the process of acquiring a first house to do this with. Uh, So it's like 3000 plus square feet and that that's just a lot of square footage, but that's okay. And we're going to keep, just keep pushing it forward because it's been awesome to be able to finally involve my family uh, because most of our portfolios outside of the state of California where this is right here just up the street and I've been able to involve my kids my wife uh, friends been able to create some jobs locally those are the things that drive me and keep me going and well let's let's just be real the money doesn't hurt either uh, and it's a one of those ways if you live in an overpriced market where the the rent hasn't Kept up with the price of the house. This is probably something you should look at uh, as a way to be able to buy property right next door to you. If that's what you'd like to do.
0: Awesome. Would you be willing to, if you have at your fingertips or in your mind, um, sure. one of your properties that you can think of, okay. uh, kind of run through some numbers and tell us what you think it might rent for as a quote, a regular rental or long term rental? Got it. Versus the revenue that you can derive from doing the vacation. Sure.
1: Vacation. Yeah, no problem. I'll just use the exact house that we're considering right now because it makes sense. Uh, it's okay. the one that's on my mind. Uh, so this is a three bedroom. Sorry, sorry. Four bedroom, three bath, three thousand square foot house with a detached garage on site. It does have a decent sized backyard, and it almost has a second structure attached to the garage in the backyard. Almost. It needs a bathroom, and you could probably then, you know, go to the planning commission and make it an official second structure so it's rather sizable all one story older construction like i think 1963 uh it's in a part of the 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 orange county where you know the judges and, and lawyers and whatnot live so it's not exactly in the it's not in the low rent district <laughs> so uh, uh and this house would easily get somewhere in the neighborhood uh let's call it 55 to 5800 a month simply because of where it is, what it looks like, who, whom it's next to, all those types of things. You could get that. Um, now, in this particular case, this same house, uh, based upon the comps and information that we've gathered, uh, on a conservative month would probably get close to $11,000 a month as a short-term rental. And on an aggressive month or high season, something like that, you'd probably be closer to fifteen. And wow. when you start to put those numbers together, you, you, you can cash flow almost anything because this is not a million dollar house. I mean, street value on this house is maybe 800 grand. Like, and that's really fixed up. It's just in the right neighborhood. That's really what it comes down to. It's right. Neighborhood, right. School district, right, right, right. You got a lot of the rights. The point is when you can, turn the, the, what I used to call a sunshine tax (laughs) into an asset, it, it, it changes the economics of quote unquote, what's a viable property. And if you live in high price districts like Orange County or, you know, Hawaii or New York or uh, DC or these places, your risk isn't so much in the property as it is in how you finance the property, i.e. the debt. And what this gives you is debt service covered ratios that are so high and the ability to pay down that debt really, really quickly, if the market ever moves against you, you can always turn it back into a normal rental and still cash flow, because that's usually the issue when you're finding what I like to call trophy properties.
0: Okay. So can you share with us, are you acquiring the property? Are you purchasing it or are you renting it or what's your...
1: There are multiple strategies to go about it. Right now, we're just doing leasing and master leasing. We're always looking to lease and master lease more properties, uh, especially right now because we're in a heavy acquisition mode. And that that's exactly what we want to do because purchasing requires so much additional cash On top of now, mind you, as a short term rental, or if you're more familiar with a corporate rental or service department, these terms are very, very synonymous in terms of what we do what it comes down to is we also have to provide furnishings, uh, relative to the customer that we're trying to serve. So we primarily focus on small families or sorry, on families with small children and uh, the business person who's just trying to, you know, come on assignment. Like right now we have a contract CFO staying in one of our units and we've had uh, many salespeople, especially the international kind come and hang out for a while. Uh, that, that, that just tends to happen. We've had a number of people stay with us for medical reasons. You know, they're undergoing a, some, someone's undergoing a procedure or things of that nature, and they just don't like the whole idea of staying in a hotel. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, but at the end of the day, I've got to provide everything. You know, it's not just a table and a lamp. <laughs> so the cost for that on top of, The entry price in a market such as uh, Orange County can make the return suffer simply because it's going to take that payback period and stretch it out three, four, five years simply because of the down payment.
0: So what does it cost to outfit one of your places with furniture and linens and all that stuff? that you
1: need? Tip, Yeah, yeah. Tip, well, again, understand that right now our goal is to hit a higher end of the market. So we're probably, can you do it for less than what I'm about to say? Yes, because I know right now, as soon as I say this number, some, some people are gonna be like, oh man, I can't do it. No, you can do it for less. We're not really... I'm not trying to do it for less right now. I'm trying to serve the customer with the high end quality stuff that I want uh, to make sure is there. So right now we're running at about $25 a square foot.
0: Okay. So what does, that, what does that translate to in some of the properties you've done? Do
1: you know what? There have been around... So they it depends on the size of the unit that we're working with. I think our smallest is around 800 square feet, 700 square feet, and the largest is 1,300 square feet. Um, you can obviously on this house that's closer to 3,300 square feet, it's going to be obviously a lot more dollars. We're just going to make more cash with the same percentage ROIs and returns at the end of the day. So whatever square footage you are considering just multiply that by $25 and that's probably a very conservative budget including electronics when you got to understand there are certain things that we're doing to serve our customer that other people won't do for example um I I have four four kids and traveling with them is never fun because there's usually when you go to a hotel there's one tv Mm -hmm. well uh in our two bedrooms we're gonna put a tv in each bedroom and in the common area why now i can send my kids to the bedroom and you they can go watch the tv whatever they want on hulu netflix and leave me alone you you laugh but what's funny is that we get comments from parents that have stayed with us saying thank you because it brought us so much peace to be able to send the kids to the bedroom they can go do their own thing and it was just one extra thought well why is all that important because that, you know, you might spend $500, 600 700 uh, on a TV because we're buying, you know, 55-inch 4K uh, televisions. I, I know, again, you don't have to buy something that large. You don't have to buy 4K, but it's what we're doing at the moment. And, and people are enjoying it. And the reviews are telling me that, you know, we're, we're, we're square on the nose in, in every way, shape, or form. And uh, I'm just having lots of fun serving people in this way.
0: Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mama for myself, and right. we, we did lots of timeshare travel, especially when they were younger. And it would be glorious if we had multiple TVs. Like we had one for the two younger ones, and they'd watch their cartoony shows, and then one for the older kids that want a Disney Channel, and one for the mom and dad. And yeah, a family of six can use multiple TVs. And that brings me to a little word you mentioned the R word. Reviews. Oh yeah. Reviews. How important are reviews? They're do you live and die by them or is it like, yeah, whatever.
1: No, 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 no. This is not something that you take lightly. I mean, just think about the next last time you went to Amazon when you were trying to buy a product that was brand new that you did not know. Even if you were standing in the middle of the electronic store, Best Buy, you still looked it up on Amazon and you said, Okay, let me look at the reviews. And if you're like me, Yeah. You look at those five-star reviews and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you start, you, you jump down to the one-star reviews and go, okay, tell me what's really going on. Right. And that's what you're looking for so that you can know what you're getting into. You don't care what CNET says as the review. You don't care what the professionals call the they, They, Who cares what consumer reports say? What does the normal average person who's just like me say about their experience with this product or this service. That's why Yelp is popular. That's why all of these things are, are what they are today. eBay makes its money because sellers maintain their reviews. And when you understand that, That's one of the reasons we go over and above. I know we don't have to do the things we do, but would you rather have a review that, yeah, this place was nice or would you rather have a, Oh my God, I cannot believe that they had this and this was amazing. And that review I would rather have. That review is worth the extra investment in crazy toys that you would never put in your own house. For example, we have a dry cleaning machine in each one of our units. So you can wash, (laughs) dry, and dry clean in the unit. Because if you're like me when you travel on business, if you ever have that wrinkled clothing after the suitcase, You like, ah, do I want wrinkles or do I want to trust that the dry cleaner here is actually going to get the job done in enough time for me to get to wherever I got to be? So therefore you end up going to the place with wrinkled clothing because you don't want to not have any clothing. Now I've solved that problem (laughs) with one little device that says, hey, you can dry clean it yourself in the room. And we've, I've heard from people with weddings uh, that they loved it. They're like, oh my God, I'm just like, cool, that's great. I had no idea that that was going to be the use case. I just knew that wrinkled clothing and finding a way to solve it so that you felt secure, that, that you know, you're gonna have something to wear was what we needed to do. <laughs>
0: Wow, what a clever idea! So, how have you educated yourself on this new I know. genre of real estate investing? <laughs> well,
1: and that's the that's the interesting part is that it's it's relatively new to I think to the professional real estate investor. Uh, let's be real: vacation rental or short-term rental, this type of thing, board boarding houses, letting houses, whatever you want to call them. It's not a new concept. It's new. And, and since it, it's in vogue, if you will, because it, you know a few companies have worked very well to aggregate the customer and make it easy. That's another way of saying, there isn't a whole lot of information that's reliable out there to go and research. There's not like a book that you can point to Uh, One, because by the time that book has been printed, well, uh, it's moving so quickly, it's obsolete. I mean, everything changes really, really, really fast right now. So believe it or not, one of the things that I I rarely, outside of this, I, I rarely ever do, but I have been just staying abreast of the news and I've got filters set up and when I'm reading news articles every day um, uh, related to this so that I can understand more about what's going on, not only here in the United States, but also abroad, because this is something that affects, I mean, if you want to think about it, I've been talking to a number of investors, if you've ever wanted to have property offshore as an outside of your home country. This is probably one of the easiest and best ways to do it.
0: Cool. I love it. Well, why don't we um, talk, touch briefly on what's going on in our current markets with vacation rentals. Like for instance, I have a client, I think you met her I sold her a home that first she was gonna occupy near Disneyland, then she decided to do the whole short term rental thing. And now she's somewhat concerned because Anaheim has, I don't know if outlawed is the right way to phrase it, but maybe it is, is—non-permitting, not letting people do it anymore. So what have you learned about that? And should people be concerned about that?
1: should people be concerned uh there i can't say you can dismiss it unilaterally but i wouldn't let it stop you uh that that that's what i will say um as with any new technology any new thing it always goes through many different phases there's the early adoption Doctor phase where most people don't even know what it is. Uh, the owners and creators don't even know what it is yet. And and to a lot of degrees, this industry is still growing up. I mean, the service department industry is still maturing in and of itself. I mean, they've been competing with the likes of Marriott for a number of years. And simply because Marriott has got there first and they've had such, you know, they have such capacity to hold so many people. I mean, it's kind of hard to compete with that for a long time, but that's beginning to change. Um, the, my point is though, when something is new, uh, it's usually met as, as with most humans with fear and the very, f- out of fear we tend to protect. And what is in this case, protection, protection shows up as, Oh, we've got to protect what's already here. Cause we know what this devil means, the devil we know versus the one we don't. I'll take the one that I do know because the unknown is hyper scary. Um, so it's going to take some time, uh, but I, it's not going anywhere. You just gotta, uh, two big things are missing. One, uh, there will be at some point, some form of licensing and two, there'll be some form of taxation, uh, some form of formal taxation, some form of formal licensing. I mean, just look at your driver's license. Believe it or not, there was a time where you didn't need one of those. You could just get in the car because cars were new there were no streetlights. There was no organization to it. You, if you knew how to put your own car together, if you had enough money for a car, you got it, the car and you drove. And then over time, as the industry matured, we learned that we might want to give some people a test because <laughs> everybody can do this. <laughs> Right, and then yeah. we going to tax some. Some we've gotta tax certain cars with their their uh, registration and things of this nature, right? And now we have a we'll call it semi organized structure, and we go down to the DMV for three days and we wait for all of that to be done. And but. That's what has matured into, and now cars are, I mean, it's kind of weird to not have a car more than it was, oh, wow, you have a car. I mean, there was a time when that was the case. I mean, if we could go back then and do podcasts, they'd be like, wow, you have a car? Tell us about it. What's it like? You know, but now it's, yeah, you, you have a car, and, that, and so it, it's no big deal. That industry went under, went the same thing. Show will drones. So did eBay. So did selling online. So did, so did all of these things. What does that mean? in any one specific circumstance one can never know but here's what i do know um right next to anaheim is a city called garden grove and most of the hotels that service disneyland is garden grove <laughs> anyway so it's not that big of a deal and then there's a bueno park right next door i mean yeah okay so anaheim might for a time not like it. But uh, what I think is eventually going to happen is when they see the revenues that it can generate and does generate for cities uh, and residents alike, I I think it's going to change. I I, I think they'll eventually come around. And at the end of the day, once they know how to tax it, once they know how to license it, it's just going to become a natural part of society. Just like a, a real estate investment trust. There was a time where that was considered sketchy and weird. And what is that? And I cannot believe you did. Same thing with franchises and McDonald's. I mean, it, it, we've been here before people, we'll be here again because we are constantly innovating. That's what we do as humans. And now it's some people though, who choose to understand it and take the time, they're gonna make a mint uh, until, the, until the rest of it gets figured out.
0: I love it. I love that analogy and explanation. Every anyone and everyone can understand about the driver's license analogy. I love that. Thank you for <laughs> breaking that down, explaining it. Well, before we wrap up here, I would love if we went back to your sample property that you're talking about that you oh, said had okay. sure. a street value of eight hundred thousand. Love that term. Like, like it's drugs or something. Maybe it's <laughs> drugs. Not. The new addiction. Yes. Short term rentals. So let's just, if you wouldn't mind breaking down the numbers of how much like your your startup costs were between your um I was gonna say down payment, not you know, first and last months or security deposit and then the furnishings, like what you're into it and then what you hope to be making per month. Just give us oh, okay, a got got shot of on so- investment.
1: On something like this uh, on on a house like that, I tend to project about a forty percent net margin um, so you know whether that's uh, annualized or monthly, you can do the math either way so let's just say let 's just keep the numbers really, really simple and say that you only quote unquote gross ten thousand uh, dollars a month um, okay. I, again conservatively i 'm sp- very positive you're going to do better than that on a house like this but let's just say that's 10,000 so that's 120 grand a year uh you just multiply that by 40% and you're like that's going to be your take home after paying you know any sort of taxes after paying any sort of ma- uh, maintenance upkeep uh well this one doesn't have a pool so that's a good thing <laughs> cuz so it it cuts down a little bit on that um and uh, after paying any sort of cleaning, because that's, that one's huge. You're going to, I mean, after your actual leasing mortgage or leasing or mortgage, uh, your next biggest bill is likely to be the cleaning. Um, and then after that is going to be utilities. Utilities is going to be I mean, yeah, I think people chew electricity. I think that's what happens. I, I don't really understand between electricity and toilet paper. I'm not sure what they're doing with it, but they certainly go through a lot of it. And um, so I have bought a lot of toilet paper and a lot of electricity recently. And I'm just like, wow, I didn't know it was possible to use that much. But I guess it is. So, you know, the the, the paper companies are going to be in business for quite some time. <laughs>
0: I love it. So you're saying that you are netting about 40% even Mm -hmm. after your debt service or your rent payment. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. That is a super, super great return. I can see why you're jumping into this with both feet (laughs) and both arms, maybe cartwheels even. huh?
1: (laughs) Indeed. When I saw those numbers, I was like, wait a minute what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, do you understand what you just said? And at the time when I was talking to her, she didn't get it. And I'm like, you don't, you don't even understand what this means. This means you can take property that is shiny, that is happy, that is great location. And instead of stressing every month to squeak out $200, you can actually relax, serve people, and take care of the property because that's typically what happens is that, uh, especially while you have a, a mortgage on the property or a loan, uh, your, your cash flow is often equal to deferred maintenance. So therefore, you don't take care of the property because you're trying to make some money to make sure there's enough money to pay everything. Uh, but now you can take care of the property very well and still have some money left over to either reduce debt service further and end up in a paid-off position really, really quickly, or just, you know, uh, I think most most Americans could probably, knowing what I know today, I'd say four two-bedroom units, if they could figure out a way to get four two-bedroom units in their location, they could probably quit their job because this thing is ridiculously awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, you got me more interested in it. Just like I need one more, <laughs> more plate to get up and spin in the air thought. But, no, you do, thought.
1: <laughs> you do not. You do not. You do not.
0: I love it, though. Well, tell our audience where they can learn more from you, where they can find you.
1: Oh, okay, sure. Uh, If you like a lot of what we've been putting down here, you can pick more up at cashflowdiarypodcast.com. Again, that's just cashflowdiarypodcast.com. We have well over 300 episodes there. Or if you just type in Cashflow Diary, any search engine, you're going to find us because we're on, uh, you know, YouTube and Twitter and, and LinkedIn and, and Facebook, and we're pretty much everywhere, uh, so that you can take advantage of the complimentary resources that we have for teaching and training you on how to build your asset base and go out there and produce cash
0: flow. I love it. Thank you. So, if you'd like to connect with Jay. Check him out. Um, he does do a great podcast. I've listened to probably 100 episodes of it. And I love thank it. You. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge and he brings fantastic guests on his podcast to educate us too. So with that, I want to thank you, Jay, for your time and divulging your latest discovery and all the <laughs> opportunities with vacation rentals. And thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. Bye. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get
0: our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to
1: houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.